My name is Dr. Joanna Pagonis, and welcome to Tackle Tuesday. Tackle Tuesday is a podcast series that tackles different issues in the workplace. We explore topics such as leading with emotion, diversity and inclusion, and how to create resilient and agile work cultures. Today's episode is sponsored by Sinogap Solutions. We work closely with emerging leaders to help you develop a clear vision of your authentic self and to discover your passion and how it aligns with your purpose. Once you have a clear understanding of your purpose and vision for your future, you'll be able to discover your path for continuous growth along with the energy and enthusiasm necessary to sustain you during the most challenging moments in your life. We encourage you to visit our website at SinogapSolutions.com and explore the courses we offer that will help you develop the mindset and capabilities to be an inspirational leader. For this week's Tackle Tuesday episode, I had the opportunity to interview Julian Roberts, who is an executive and leadership coach with a background in commercial and sales. Julian has a passion for food, business, and people. He has held several senior strategic commercial positions from global multinational corporations, which include Heinz, Yoplait, and Johnson & Johnson. He is commercially astute with strong negotiation and leadership skills, along with a proven track record within the UK and international sectors. Julian has an extensive hands-on experience in strategic business development and a proven record of achievement in rapidly changing organizations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tackle Tuesday. I'm very excited to have Julian Roberts on the show. One of the reasons why I was excited to speak with Julian today is because when he reached out to me and I did a little bit more research on who he is and what he does, one of the things that really stood out for me is his focus on purpose. And all my listeners should know this already about me. I always say that purpose and, and being clear on what your purpose is and helping you guide, ha- having that purpose guide you is, is truly important in finding joy and, and success in your life. And so I thought it would be wonderful to speak with Julian and to get somebody else's take on purpose and why it's important and how we discover that, because this is really what Julian does. So welcome, Julian. How are you today? I'm well. I'm really pleased to be on this show. Thank you for having me on, Johanna. I'm really pleased to be here. Yeah, I, you're very, very welcome. And and where are you joining us from today? I'm all the way from the UK, so I'm, I'm ahead of you yeah. at the moment. So yeah, the, in terms of my, yes, in terms are. of time, but I'm used to this. My daughter lives in Kelowna in Canada, so <gasps> yes. Have you been? I have, and I loved it. Yes, it's. I love Canada. It, I absolutely love. BC especially, yeah, definitely. Oh, interior BC, yes. Everybody's secret dream who lives in Canada, well, at least mine is, is to retire and move to Colorado. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 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 like our vacation spot. It's our Mexico. Oh, man. You know, we it's an amazing have... place. I loved it, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, well, you know what? If you're ever in Kelowna, let me know because <laughs> I may be there at the same time as you. Fantastic. Absolutely. Excellent. Oh. Uh, okay, well, I'd like to always start off with a little bit of an icebreaker, but I'm I'm really fascinated with yours because when I read your bio, you talked a little bit about your career journey and how you know you pivoted your career from that of a senior strategic commercial position to that of an executive leadership coach. And I also had a life pivot 
pivoting moment in, in my career. And so I'm, I'd love to hear about yours. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, about absolutely. That? I spent over 20 years working in the sort of uh, predominantly the food industry. I worked for companies like Heinz, General Mills, and Yoplait. And I pursued a career in sales and commercial and uh, enjoyed it, was successful and, you know, sort of got to a top as a commercial director for the UK for Yoplait um, and been very successful with all that. And I think throughout my career, I've always loved the interaction with people. Um, I was very good at strategy, very good at, at negotiation, but I did like the people side of things. Um, and hence, I started to lead teams and get involved with uh, sort of um, coaching and developing my team. So I enjoyed that. And then sort of roll it back for about five years ago, I um, uh, was at a point where I was in a, a, a role where there was a lot of toxicity within the organization that was creating a little bit of a focus on me. And I started to explore a little bit about what I do, why I do it, and sort of reflected back on the last sort of 20 years and realized that actually the biggest buzz I used to get is when I used to sit down with one of my direct reports, go through something, do some coaching, and then they go off and almost seeing them unlock their potential, change of behavior that was sustainable and I wasn't there. And I got more of a buzz with that than I did sometimes winning sort of business uh, within you know the sort of context of the commercial world. And so I started to realize, actually, I quite like this people thing. I was quite good at it. And I started to realize that I like this unlocking potential. And in tandem with this was that my wife and I were pursuing a, a fostering sort of um, opportunity as well. So, and that was all about unlocking. And, and, it, and it comes, this is where my purpose started to, come because at that point I don't think I had clarity on my purpose I really didn't have it I I had points where I had motivation points where I felt really excited points where I thought I'm living the dream here but I didn't really know and I started to get this clarity of a purpose which was unlocking somebody's potential and that was in a personal context but also in a a business context and so that started to create well what do I do with this and I started to think actually you know, coaching fits really well. I like the the one-on-one. I like the fact it's really focused on people's development. I had, a, I had a coaching style anyway in my leadership in terms of working with people, empowering people, and that's very much a style of coaching. And so I, I decided to invest in, in training. So I did some ICF accredited training and became a, say, qualified coach in that sense uh, and started to learn the skills and started to hone that that would go towards my passion and it's it's incredible really because when i do have coaching sessions with people i come off a call i might be on for an hour an hour and a half and i have so much energy at the end of it more than in some ways at the beginning and i just know it just resonates with me it just excites me and i love seeing somebody and i have that privilege and i really do have a privilege of seeing somebody you know how they get clarity for themselves or they get a limiting belief that was there just smashed away um, or you get that sort of self-awareness and it's just wonderful to see. And I, I'm part of that equation with them and seeing them go away. So yes, I pivoted um, sort of four years ago and then set up my own consultancy and, and, and sort of coaching practice. And I love what I do and it really does excites me and it gets me out of bed and more every day. Mm-hmm. So 
so ICF is International Coaching Federation, and they're kind of like the, I know coaching isn't a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Some regu- regulated. regulated yeah. yeah. And so ICF is kind of the closest thing that co- the coaching practice has uh, or coaching industry has to, to regulation and very well pers- uh, respected in, on an international level. And <clears throat> when I heard your story, you know, made me think of the, it was the third episode I ever recorded. It's called The Power of Coaching. And I interviewed Natalie Blaise. She's the co-founder of Canna Coach Academy. And so uh, uh, that's one of the places in Canada that if you want to become ICF certified, that you can go through them to get at least your training and some of your coaching hours through them. <clears throat> they offer mentor coaching and so on. But she said this in the podcast, because I talked to her about, you know, tell me more about the process of becoming a coach. And she said, the process is one of, it's a journey of self-discovery and that you really can't truly coach someone else effectively if you yourself are lacking self-awareness. And so I'd like to ask, can we dive deep, a little bit more deeper into what was the process like for you in becoming a coach? Yeah. So so I, I, I start to prior to taking on the training reflect on what i was i was buzzing with what i enjoyed what i liked and did that sort of which a lot of people do in terms of looking at careers and jobs and everything else and what would fit my lifestyle and then once i realized coaching was was ticking all the boxes when i went through the training and she's so right it, it's and and, it, and it's and it's a continuous journey you never arrive we know that but we never arrive as a coach and you know i always believe you can't go doesn't mean you have to know and experience everything of your client, but you can't go where they you've not been yourself. And that includes that vulnerability of, because you're expecting your clients to be vulnerable and to be open, honest, transparent, and you have to have done that yourself. Uh, likewise, I'm still, I have a coach myself to keep me in, A, as a supervisory approach, but also to keep me mentored and coaching and help me if I get, if I get stuck in, with clients. But I found through the process of actually the training, I probably learn so much more about me. You know, we had to do reflective journals where we'd have to think of situations with, with coaching somebody, go away and literally think through and write a, like a 2000 reflective journal on that. And you're thinking, how on earth do you do that? But you'd be surprised how much comes out and you start to observe things of, not just more than just body language and tone, but your own feelings. Um, what do you think they were feeling? What else could you do differently? Um, what about your eye contact? And and you start to then become incredibly more self-aware of, A, your own who you are, but also your presence in front of other people. Because obviously when we heat, see, meet people, we have a presence. And obviously you want to have a positive presence. And you may go into a situation and afterwards, when you reflect on it, you realise, yeah, they, they look—they didn't look very happy. Actually, they looked a little bit—they they moved away from me. You might not notice at the time, but actually, it's creating that reflective approach. You realise, oh, did I look scary, or did I shout, or did I intimidate, or whatever it may be? And it's creating that awareness um, of, of of yourself, but also of situations. So through the coaching, I really started to understand that, also understand triggers in other people because that's really important because when you're coaching a client and they say something it might trigger you and whether it's your ego gets triggered or your pride gets triggered or or a bad experience that you had uh, and you suddenly and you've got to be mindful of that and be and also be aware of 
when you sense something, you know, that sort of inner wisdom, is this just me or is it, am I picking something up off this client and I need to sort of, we need to sort of go with this. And so that's really important because when you coach, you've got to have a sense of non-judgment. So if you pick something up and you're triggered by something of your memory of history, then you may start to approach it in how you would approach it and, and, and you don't, you're disservice to your client then. So that self-awareness is a thing I'm constantly trying to hone and think. And, and obviously after each, you know, session with a client, I always reflect and think, you know, should I ask this or what about this next time? Or what, was, what, what, what are they thinking? How are they looking? And obviously that's, that's challenging on, on a virtual sense because you, you're not in person. Um, but it's that reflective uh, approach to keep you on your toes. And then I will then talk with my coach and go, and she'll ask me questions and how else, and she'll, and she'll get me to think a bit deeper and to go to my subconscious, or oh, why did you ask that question? What was? And it starts to, oh, yeah, perhaps I was, my motives wasn't quite right there. or And it, it's really fine-tuning. And so, yes, self-awareness is, uh, my self-awareness is gone significantly higher than it was previously and I think as being a coach when I first went into the training at first I'm thinking oh my goodness I felt, I felt really exposed felt really like raw I think I don't like this I felt really vulnerable and you know, everybody's like sharing and I'm, I'm, I'm not really into this <laughs> in, a, in a group context when we were training and I was like but as I've done more of it it's pushing the boundaries and just that feeling of getting uncomfortable um to, to that for that growth really and and pursuing that growth in all that we're um, doing and um, as we do as, as professionals yeah right okay well i'm gonna ask you to be vulnerable now actually and i wanted to see if you'd be willing to share maybe one of the limiting beliefs or triggers like what what were one of your aha moments because when you go through this process like you did mention there were some things that you learned about yourself that wouldn't have been known to you unless you went through this process would you be willing to share one of those I mean one of the biggest revelations you had about yourself that helped you be become a better coach I guess for me I had a what do you call it, a limiting belief or a, an imposter syndrome or something that held me back is that I worked in sales and when I used to go into with the clients, you know, I'd have a objective set in my head and I'd have, and I'd have, a, and I'd have a strategy of how I'm going to get to my objective and, and and I'll know when I come out whether I've achieved it or not and then a review of that. And that, 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 that simplistically, that's how it sort of works. I'd have a real plan. Um, when I first started coaching, when we were training, I struggled with this sense of not knowing because, and it sounds like coaches don't know, but we don't know in the sense we have tools, we have inner wisdom and we have a, an approach and we may use various models. I use NLP, we may use some clean coaching. There's all different ways, grow model. Um, but we don't know because we're with the clients. And, it, and also the fact is, even though you may have had some a previous conversation your client is in a different space than they were two, three weeks ago. And it's been cognitive of that. And so I, I've had to learn to really go to a place where I, I do feel incredibly, sometimes I don't know where we're going with this. And I'm thinking, and it feels uncomfortable. And I, and I struggled. I, I, for the early days, I was like, and I remember the uh, sort of trainers used to go, 
and I'm like this trying to really get it to a point. You can just see me almost almost going for the sale. That's what I was like, trying trying to get them to get an outcome. And it felt like a and they go, and have you have you have, do you feel you've got some clarity in there? Yes, brilliant, excellent. It's like walk away. As so, and it's like that's just not about that. And I saw I, I had this belief that I had to achieve something. And actually it's not I don't have to achieve anything in that sense. And it, it's, it, I found it really, and I still, at moments it kicks in, I have to be mindful of it. If, and particularly if I'm dealing with a client who I had one client recently, he is very business minded. He almost wanted me, he wanted me to tell him what to do, but clearly I wasn't going to do that. It took about three sessions before he got to a place where actually we're just going to go with reflecting, asking you questions and see where we go. But at one point I felt, oh, I just need to, I can see a sense inside me. I wanted to tell him, because I think he then would view me better as a coach because he thinks he's been told, been given advice, but I had to really hold back and, and I didn't. And and that was difficult because I felt this little nagging thing, oh, he doesn't think you're a very good coach, you're not telling him what to do. And it's it was hard. And so I, I still have moments where I struggle with that, not knowing. And, you know, I, I see it as in my mind now, and I, I quite enjoy the ride a bit more now, but it's getting onto a boat and you're just kicking it off. And you just see where it's going to go. And we've got some things to help us along the way. We've got, we're focusing on an outcome. Obviously, that's the sort of purpose uh, side of thing within the session. But how are we going to get there? I don't know. It may, we might end up bringing an NLP technique in. We might just end up just a bit of silence that he just, they, they reflect. And so that's what initially I really just struggle with. Uh, it's really, really difficult, yeah, to try and get that place. That's wonderful. Uh, that's very insightful. I think for a lot of people, especially I have a lot of managers that listen. And there is, and that's what I want to ask you because a lot of managers want to solve their employees' problems. They want to tell them what to do. They want to have control. And that's what I'm hearing in you, right? Is have that sense of control that you need to relinquish. What, first of all, wait, what's, you said NLP technique. What does that stand for? Neurolinguistic programming. Okay, thank you. And we can get into that a little bit later. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what is the benefit when you as a coach, or, and, and please, anybody who's listening that supervises others, listen to this. This is for you. What is the benefit when you relinquish control? And what, yeah, to you and to your client? Well, you, with a client, then the day, I, if we go, if we go and have go in the reins of their subconscious, we will achieve the outcome to the best possible position. Because I believe if, if somebody's come up with an outcome and not been told this is your outcome or goal, as in the individual, I and I always tell this to my client, I have absolute confidence that I can facilitate you to deliver on that outcome and more. Because if your body's and your system has created an outcome. Deep down, this is the subconscious piece, there is a solution. And it's my role and with the client is to get into that place of, of revelation and understanding and we will get there. So, that's, so that's, that's how I go into it. So I have that mindset that says you created an outcome, as long as it's positive and future focused, at some point we'll get there and more. Um, in terms of working with individuals it's not always when you're in a leadership leadership position where you empower people which is in essence what you're doing and that's sort of, sort of coaching you're sort of empowering the individual because if you empower an individual 
A, they come up with better solutions than you thought of. B, they feel really motivated and they because they're contributing and excited that they're, they're feeling they're, they're valued, which is another thing. And you know what? They may do things slightly differently and they may end up with different results than you'd expected, but they'll, they'll achieve it in a motivational way. Um, and just going back to just a slight side thing on, on the listening side of things, um, part of our training, we had to do a, a five-minute listening exercise. And one of us had to have a, a dilemma, a, a real genuine dilemma that they had at that moment. And, and we were in pairs and the other partner had to just listen. And all they had to do was nod, um, murmur, and that was it. They couldn't say a word, just engage for five minutes. Um, and it was incredible. And almost everybody who had the dilemma, when they shared that dilemma with the person who wasn't going to reply back, we're just going to listen in most cases, created solutions for that dilemma without the intervention of the coach saying anything. And I, because I use, I use listening as an intervention and it, it's a really powerful thing. I mean, I mean, five minutes, I can listen to somebody for 15 minutes sometimes without, and just, and they come out with so much and they go, that's great. I've got this plan. Thanks. And I almost, in my head thinking, I didn't do a lot, but I did do a lot because I listened and I, I, I create that environment for listening. And one of the things I would say to managers or leaders now is, is even if you listen for two minutes and listen not with your agenda, not with the intent of doing anything, when the intent of listening, being fully present with, with that full listening capacity of body language, what you're feeling, what you're hearing, what you're sensing, your focus on that individual – You'd be surprised how much you'll get. A, they'll, they'll come up with ideas themselves if they can with you the problem. B, they'll feel this. Wow, this my, my boss is really listening. I can really feel this. He's fully present there, and that just shoots up motivation massively. And I so encourage leaders to. And some of the things I talk a lot with leaders is, is you know, just spend some time listening, but be fully present, not listening in a looking at something else, but listening fully in the moment. You know, we need to be more in the moment with each other. You know, just like you and I are talking right now, we are in the moment in this conversation and it's the best place to be because that's what we've purposed to do this. And that's the best place to be. And you, you're listening to me, I'm listening to you and we'll get so much more value and richness from it because we're fully here. We're not elsewhere. I'm not thinking about the what's next or what's before. It's that, and, that, and it's more and more that is so needed. And I, I always encourage just, just listen more but listen with, with purpose. Mm. And, you know, I think it, that brings in this concept of mindfulness. Yeah. You know, ni- mindfulness isn't only a meditative technique. It can be implied in anything. To, it could be applied to anything. For example, listening. You know, my husband's uh, getting, uh, he's going through Canada Coach Academy, working towards his ICF uh, accredit- accreditation as well. And one of the things that he's discovered is when you do coaching well, which is the listening, and you're able to put your ego aside. Uh, it's actually easy, not at first, but once you get into the practice of it, you realize, hey, my God, it's not about me. I don't, I don't have to work hard to find the solutions. They do. My role is to facilitate, help them with the journey of self-discovery and awareness. Yeah. So I, I think it's a very powerful technique, and you really articulated well the benefits as to why 
this is a technique that anybody can actually start to practice and implement. You don't have to be a coach to implement good listening. Uh, I remember uh, I was taking a course through my job when I was working for in the public sector and it was all on coaching. And one of the activities we had to do was listen. And the activity was called shut the duck up. (laughs) (laughs) The duck that's quacking in your ear to tell you to intervene, to interrupt, to talk, to have the solution, just shut the duck up and, and keep, uh, mine, like, so we would do the activity, but we had to like jot down with like a little, you know, mark or indication of some kind on our paper, how many times we wanted to jump in and interrupt, how many times some, another thought distracted us from the conversation and to realize, to make us more self-aware that it, it, this is a practice of being able to fully immerse yourself in somebody else's story without interrupting or else, or else, without thinking about what you need to say to contribute. Okay, I want to get into purpose now. And I think it, this is a good transition to into purpose because it, you can't really discover what your purpose is without self-awareness. So I want to get your take on what purpose is and why it's important. Somebody asked me that once and and I kind of, you know, I talk a lot about purpose and I believe that there's different ways to, to arrive to what your purpose is and why it's important. But yeah, can what, what's your take on purpose? Why is it important? How do you discover it? <laughs> Okay, how long we got? Um, yeah, very simple question. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's whether you call it your why, your purpose, your mission, your vision. I mean, it's it, to me, it's all interchangeable, and we get, we can get caught up on it. And as one thing, we I do get concerned. Some people do get so focused on the purpose bit, they sometimes miss everything else. If you know what I mean. <laughs> but yes, it is important because for me, I I see it as, as something as a you call it a guiding light. And I, I always cite the example of, you know, if you were, you know, today your purpose was to get to the top of a mountain, you know, or, or you know, hike up a mountain, particularly in BC, some beautiful mountains over there. So that would be your purpose for that day. And, and you may have a particular path you're going up and you may have a time you want to do it in, say, three hours up a certain route. But along the way, you know, boulders get in the way, there's some bad weather, which means you have to do some detours or you have to slow down. So you get there ultimately in five hours, slightly different routes. Uh, but it was your purpose that was driving you to get to the top. As a group or individuals, you are focused on getting there. And that's the reason why it's important to have, because it gives you that sense of um, guiding light. Um, but the key thing is understand what your own purpose is and obviously we have purposes in organizations but it's to know your purpose and what that means is something that will give you fulfillment something that will give you motivation uh, something that will keep you engaged something that will be inspirational there's a whole host of reasons what it is um, and once you find that it then helps you with everything it helps you with life partner through to where you live your job whatever because you can align everything you know my 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 ultimate purpose i I put some numbers on my purpose now is to unlock the leadership potential of a hundred thousand leaders that's what i'm going for um and there's a context of personal thing in that as well but and so i i know whatever i do whether i start a podcast whether i start some online training or have an interaction with somebody, I always align it back to this purpose. Does it does it align to this? And if it doesn't, then I go, well, I don't need to do that. And it's a really good way of, I guess, keeping you in check. 
with that sense of, of what you're trying to do. And, and also what purpose also does is we know the journey is always going to be not as we had planned, um, you know, but your purpose always remains and it keeps you forward focus. It keeps you positive. You know, you're climbing that mountain and you have bad weather, which you could call it adversity in life, um, but you still keep going. It may be a different route. So the how may change and the timing has changed. You know, we've been through a massive shock to this world in the last sort of eight months. Um, ultimately, you may have a tweak on your purpose, but your purpose still stays the same. It's just the how and the timing. And it builds resilience. It, it helps you to keep going and to look for the opportunities, to be resourceful, to look for collaborations, look for ways of getting around it because I'm getting to that purpose. Um, so it's intrinsically massively motivated. It's beyond just, oh, I get excited by it. It's something very intrinsic. And I always, a lot of my clients, interestingly, when I get, we do some purpose stuff with them, not all of them, um, they, they all come out, and this is from a mixture of people, they always come out with the word help before anything they, their purpose. I want to help somebody do X, Y, Z. I want to help somebody in the, in the financial freedom for them. I want to help people make significant changes in this this it's interesting there's a sense of help and we talk about helping people actually bizarrely enough most people in human nature purpose has some sort of sense of helping others um and and sorry i might be going on here but in terms of because i i um obviously i help organizations thrive i help uh, unlock that potential in people that's what i do so when i'm talking with the clients all i'm interested in is helping them unlock the clients I'm not, I'm not after the money. Obviously, money comes part of the equation. Of course it does. So they, all they feel, I hope they feel, is that this guy just wants to help me unlock my potential so I, I can be more successful, I can deliver on my, on my objective, da, da, da. That's all they'll feel. Oh, yeah, you've got to pay some money. Or the organizer's going to pay some money. So that's so when you have that purpose and you, you're focused on that, generally nobody says, oh, my purpose is to make lots of money because that's not really a purpose. I don't think it's, 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 there's, a, there's a transactional piece. And so it does tons of stuff and it helps you in, in adversity. That's the big thing. It massively helps you in adversity. And it's good in teams. If you get, if you get that team purposes, they're really good because then it helps galvanize teams together. You know, we get back to our purpose. We're having a tough time. What's our purpose? How can we do it? How can we get more resourceful? What innovation? What ideas? What, how can we get more creative? Because we've got this point of focus. Um, so that's really important. So, yeah, that's uh, purpose. Mm, okay. How do you help somebody discover or how can someone discover their purpose? Where do they start? Well, they start. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's loads of, there's loads of stuff out there. And I, I think the, the easy bit is just, you know, sometimes just writing down things that you really get excited or you get engaged with or you feel motivated or you feel a sense of energy lift. And you could just go through various aspects in your role, in your personal life, because you may do stuff outside of, outside of life, outside of work that's actually, in your sense, more purposeful. Uh, things that make you feel fulfilled when you complete it or stuff when you've done stuff and you felt, oh, I felt really exhausted beforehand, but actually – it really boosted me when I was involved in X, Y, Z. It could be a group outside of your work, but start to 
to almost write it all down. It might take a couple of weeks, start to note things down, almost journal it. And I always encourage people to journal because I think it's something you can start to look for patterns. And you start to look for patterns of, oh, it's it's when I engage with people. And, oh, it's actually, it's when I start to talk about finances. And you might be in a role that's not to do with finance. I, I like, I like, I'm really interested in helping people um, understand the stock market or or how stocks and share, whatever it may be. And actually, maybe you might not actually be doing it in a sense, but you, you are doing it and it might be your hobby in a sense. So I guess it's that. And you start to see a pattern um, and then you start to realize, actually, is this what, I, and then you something, how can I bring that into a, whether it's a career or as a, or as a personal thing? Um, you can start to visualize. You can start to visualize that from that point in time when you start with that pattern. Okay. In two or three years time, how would that look if I pursued these aspects that I've seen in a pattern? And you may think, oh, I can see a, me setting my own business up doing this or being an entrepreneur. And you, and you start to create some form and some sort of narrative. Um, another one, what I do is a, is a technique and it's, um, it's an NLP technique and it's, um, it's called the logical levels. And it's something where you, you, you almost, it takes you from the environment, the outside, your behaviors, your skills, your your beliefs, your values, and it starts to go to your identity and then ultimately to your mission and purpose. It's a process. And I take my clients through it, and it's almost like going down here all the way down to your right to your middle and to your core. And it's like a it's a neuro-linguistic sort of approach. And it's amazing because people go on this like physical walk when we do it. You, you start, you write things down and we go on this physical walk across a room and at different points I'm asking questions and we're going deeper and deeper. And then we come back out and when, what we went in is very different to what we come out. And some people get this massive clarity of, ah, that's my purpose. That's what I, I really enjoy because they, 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 they connect the dots of the environments. They connect the dots of the, skills and behaviors why they did these things years ago and their values start to come out a bit more clearer and the and the sort of beliefs and then it goes to their identity what is their identity and what makes who i am and then they and then they go oh and this is my purpose and so i use that technique that's really good so there is other ways and and obviously you know the books like you know the simon sinek you know know your why can be helpful um but the stuff on the on the internet you could have a look, but I would so encourage right. it. And but talk with a coach. Coaches can really help you just by you verbalizing stuff. If they listen, that, that you can get a lot of clarity there. Yeah, well, I love what you said because it's the same process I follow with my clients. I, d- I developed a course. It's an online course called "Developing the Emotionally Intelligent Leader" because my research focuses on emotional intelligence and the links between that and self awareness, knowing your values, purpose, and the process you outlined is the process that I have in that course. It's a very reflective process that people have to follow to eventually uncover what that is through a line of questioning that they have to do on their own. But a coaches, and I always say, blend these learning opportunities with coaching too, because it's it's one thing to do it on your own. It's another thing to then verbalize it. And I think that's where the, the neurolinguistics part comes, you know, like we, there's a lot of science that looks at the habits that we formed and how those habits are attributed to neural pathways. And we have to try to create new neural pathways, especially if we understand if we have a growth mindset and we, and, and we feel like we're not happy where we're at and we want to be someplace else. And, 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 new neural pathways are created through 
processes like self-reflection, journaling, self-discovery, but there's power in verbalizing it too. Right. And so through those practices, you can uncover what your purpose, like you said, or your vision or your mission and understanding your values is critical. Mm. And you call it a guiding light. So I call it, uh, I call the, um, your purpose or your vision statements is your anchor and your values are your, I go, I don't call it a guiding light, but almost I call it the lighthouse. What? And I, I use, I use a nautical analogy, right? So, you know, your purpose is it, it grounds you. And it's yeah. so, like you said, if along the way you get, you know, you encounter situations that are very challenging and you feel like you may lose your way or your path, or you mm. may end up going in a direction that you're not sure if this is the right way. You go back to your, your purpose, mm. which is your anchor it grounds Absolutely. you. So you can, you go back to that, but along the way, have your values guide you. That's the lighthouse. So if you get lost at sea, using that analogy, mm. look for the lighthouse. It'll, it'll show you the direction that you need to go in. So many of the things you said, I, I've, totally aligned with and, and support and agree. And it's nice to hear you say that because now I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not that far off in left field. <laughs> there, there are other thought leaders that think the same way. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and I don't like asking close ended leading questions, but I, I have to ask this uh, because I felt this when I went through my moments of self-discovery and I pivoted my career. Can building self-awareness be a painful process it is because you've got to well because you're you'll get you're shining a light on things and perhaps you don't like those things i mean uh, (laughs) the way you do things or the way you've done things or the way you make people feel because then you suddenly start to think oh my goodness and, and whether you've done a, you know, like a 360 at work, you know, the sort of 360 sort of questionnaire type of things, or you've had feedback from those people who've said you're like this, like this, and, and that they can be helpful. But when you start to reflect yourself and thinking, yeah, I didn't make them feel good, really. I realize it's not nice. And particularly when you have to change things and to be more impactful and to be more positive, there's always a bit of a painful, ah, okay. The way I go in, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of making that person feel uncomfortable to try and get something done. And I can see now I can realize that their, their face of shock of horror is not really nice. And everybody can see it. And now I've reflected and I can see it myself. That's more powerful than just somebody telling you you're not very good or here's, a, here's some feedback for you. Which we all need feedback, uh, which is important uh, in terms of how we operate. But when you realize it yourself, it's more powerful because – then you will do something about it. You're more motivated by it uh, and it will hit a bit more of a a deeper core than perhaps somebody else saying something. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely important. And that's where the resiliency part comes in. And you do refer to yourself as a resiliency trainer, correct? Yes, yeah. Tell me a bit more about, because I'm seeing the link between resiliency, self-awareness, purpose can you talk a little bit as to why you do see yourself as like a big part of what you do is resiliency training and development yeah i I guess initially i didn't go out to be a resilience trainer as part of what i do what i found is through through coaching intervention it because it increases the self-awareness because it helps people focus on the sort of getting clarity on their purpose it's and i started to realize actually has an impact positively on people's resilience because they're reflecting, uh, they're talking about future things, it's positive, and there are all sort of aspects of resilience and talking about gaining more agility, how you're overcoming problems. And it actually, you just get resilience 
by having going through a coaching program per se. So um, I started to think, okay, I can hone this. And so I offer with organizations, whether it's a, you know, like a, an hour and a half masterclass or a, or a, a full day workshop where I take them through various aspects of, 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 of resilience and helping them gain resilience. And one of the big things, it does get back to that purpose. And, 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 and it seems like I'm going back to the beginning again because purpose is important because it's that, okay, we're getting to the top of the mountain today. Okay, things are going wrong, which is basically the the resilience piece where I've got a boulder now. And so you might go, okay, how do we get around? We need to break the boulder down. We need to go around a different way. It makes you creative. It's looking for the good in every circumstance. It's not about positive mental attitude. I don't really go into that mindset of positive mental attitude. I'm going more about, okay, this has happened today. It's not great. So what is the good in this? And so I talk about looking for like the silver lining and we do like an exercise on the silver lining of, of situations. And it just, it keeps that thriving mindset, that more positive mindset and thinking of, of new things. I talk about a lot about sort of practicing gratitude. Um, I don't know if people realize actually there's a neuro uh, chemical uh, impact of being grateful. Um, I mean, we talk about being, you know, grateful. It's really powerful. You know, dopamine, serotonin get released. Period. It's fact, <laughs> and they're feel good emotions uh, and neurotransmitters. And so those make you go feel good, and therefore you start to look at things in a far more engaging, positive way. Um, celebrating success, even small little wins. It's it's. And again, it's just that sense of whether it's a team context or your own context. You know, oh, we got this this week or we managed to achieve this. And it just starts to, you know, look back on things and reflect on things that are going well uh, rather than thinking about all the bad stuff. Um, and so, right. yeah, there's, I do a lot of training with that and lots of sort of techniques and ways of trying to create it. And just by investing in yourself, you know, doing training, whether you're reading a book, listening to podcasts that make you think, you know, watching online sort of, you know, do online courses, sign up for some sort of aspect of any sort of learning you can. Uh, by having a learning mindset, it creates that sense of you're open to change, you're open to things going wrong. Because when things go wrong, things you have to be open to change because that's how it is. So the more you do, the more you get used to it, the more your body gets used to it. It's not such a shock. Um, and so it's things like that so it's just creating yourself in a much more better posture i guess for success Mm -hmm. really right and that goes back to that creating those new neural pathways and those happen through practice um you know i was interviewing a man called jeff harry he focuses on play and play in the workforce and the workplace oh yes i've I've interviewed him Oh, you have? Yes. Okay. I love him. And, and maybe he shared this with you, this quote. He said, I think he said, Wilson, isn't that funny? It's, it's, you know what I'm discovering, Julian? It's a small world, like the world of <laughs> yes. leadership. And, and that now that I'm meeting so many wonderful thought leaders like yourself, just through my podcast alone, I'm realizing, oh, so-and-so also interviewed so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I interviewed them too. And we're all kind of like playing in the same circles, which is wonderful. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and maybe he shared this with you and you interviewed him. I think he said, Will Smith said it, you know, on the other side of fear 
is everything you dreamed of. Mm. And I thought, you know, if you're going to go after your purpose, first of all, if you're going to spend time to discover what it is, which is, I think, very valuable, and we need to do that, and we see the benefits in doing that. Like you said, it can be somewhat of a jolting, un- uncomfortable experience because we're, you know, what we may discover. And we have to be open to that. And then we have to be open. Once we've discovered it, then we have to be willing to go for mm-hmm. it and, and not let fear get in the way. And so anytime that I want to try something new, which goes back to my purpose, right? Anytime I want to do something new, I think about my purpose. How will this help me achieve this purpose? Which, like you said, is helping others. Like my, my vision statement is I want to improve people's lives by transforming workplaces. So anytime I want to do something that does put me out there, uh, and I'm fearful, oh, what if I fail? Da, da, da. And then I'm thinking, well, nobody, you know, buys into my messaging. I'm like, okay, what did Jeff Harry say? Or Will Smith, if I can't remember if it was his quote, but on the other side of fear is everything I dreamed of and, and can really help other people. So I, that's my, my new mantra mm-hmm. now. And that gets me going and makes, puts me in check around, you know, not stopping to achieve my purpose. So one of the, one of the questions I want to ask you now is, you know, how does somebody know you, when they're achieving? Okay, so like I wanted to know like the, the link between your purpose, knowing your purpose and achieving your potential, but maybe it's one question because I want to know how does some, how can somebody tell when they're achieving their potential? <laughs> like we say, you know, unlocking your potential. How, how does somebody understand and realize, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm achieving that potential, which is obviously linked to your purpose? Right? Yeah, I think your your purpose is the sort of where your potential is in in in. Well, it's your. That's why the reason I say is a guiding light. It's your where you're going for, what you're shooting for. Right. What your potential is ultimately, I would say, there's is limitless, and I think it's mindset of having a limitless, you know, approach. Because why would you want to have a purpose of x and then just go i'm just gonna stick with this because then that goes back to fear goes back to mindset goes back to just staying safe everything else and i'm not it doesn't mean you know just shooting for the moon and we get the stars whatever the expression is but it's uh, i think there's we there's far more we can achieve than we realize and that's for myself I, i know i i didn't set out to do what i did this year I've launched two podcasts. I've launched two online courses, got 8,000 enrollments of people doing the course and things like that. Um, and all host of other stuff going on. I didn't set out to do all that. I set out to unlock the leadership center of 100,000 leaders, and I'm on a journey to do that. And so I'm not thinking, okay, hit 100,000, I can sit back, smoke a cigar, and I'm doing fine. I'm just thinking I had to give myself a little bit of a – I suppose a milestone in a sense, and I may never achieve it. I may achieve it. I may never know I achieve it. I don't know. It's, I don't get too caught up on that, but I think our potential is far bigger than we realize. The human potential is amazing of what we can do. And we just got to, and it's not just about dreaming big, thinking big. It's just to think, find that purpose and just go for it. Go on that journey of discovery, jump into things, you know, be vulnerable, you know, feel a bit, you know, scared at times and fearful and, you know, it's really good. It's really good to keep your wits about you, keep you more resourceful, yeah. a bit of fear. I, I Imposter syndrome, I think it's healthy sometimes. It's good to have a bit of anxiety. Makes you think, gets you back to, as you say, what, 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 you're, what you're about, what really matters. 
keeps you focused. And so, mm-hmm. and I'll be all about, you got to get rid of your sitting imposter syndrome. No, no, I think it's okay to have a bit of anxiety. So I like that. Yeah. Like, I like that. It puts your ego in check. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as it doesn't prevent oh, you. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. play with it. It's, it's almost, yes. it's the sort of, okay, it might be a real line. It might be, what else is out of this? You know, I, I don't see failure anymore as failure. I just see it as feedback. That's all I do now. So, okay, yes. I haven't failed. And it's not saying, it's not going, oh, I don't take failure. I don't, not that mindset. I'm like a robot. It's no, I, what, what's the learning here? How can I learn from this? What feedback? What do I need to do differently? Or actually, was that going away from my purpose? That's why it really didn't really work. Or I, I, So that's it. It's feedback. And that's how we've got to see it. And yeah. it's a stepping stone for something else. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is then, you know, you're achieving your potential when you're taking the steps towards achieving it or, or surpassing it. It's doing something. It's not just sitting there and thinking about it, but it's doing something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, you know, you get the gold star every time. It's it's about just pursuing it. That's where you start. Yeah, I'm not, I, I see a client. I don't know how and f- how big we're going to go with this. I mean, it's all down to them doing the work. But I go with the with an open mind of let's go for this big time. And, you know, I had a client, and he's funny because this recently he, he had this mindset of this three and five year type of stepping stones of almost like a limiting belief, really. Of, of of putting things in place. So I'll do that in three years and I'll do that in five years and all that. And I was just, which is fine, wrong with that. And I just said to him once, well, what about doing it in 12 months? Just just as a thought. He went, well, actually, I could do it in 12 months, can't I? Well, what, what, would you, what do you need to do to do that? Well, I need to write a whole list down of things. And so now he's on a plan to do that. And then he came up with something else about diversifying his business. And he was about to say, he started to say, oh, I'll do it in three years. And no, 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 I'm going to start that in the new year. And he suddenly got this sense of just get on with it. You know, I'm not going to limit myself. And uh, and so he started to create this suddenly pace and momentum. And he was getting really excited and said, no, I'm going to start it in January. And he'd gone from this five-year view all the way through. To, yeah, so it's great. Amazing. Amazing. I, yeah. I just sort of, I challenged him a little bit, but then he's now going in that mindset of, I'll just start it now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh God, yeah. The last the last question that I want to ask you is the the keep it, start it, and drop it. So when it comes to self awareness and finding your potential and reach, you know, finding your purpose and reaching your potential, you know, what's one thing we should keep doing? What's one thing we should start? And what's one thing we should drop doing? Um, I, I guess it goes back to my thoughts on authentic leadership and it, it's about be yourself and and i i think we get caught up on other people's purposes of other people's who they are and do you know what you're unique and your your purpose is reason that you're unique and you know everybody always say that expression of everybody else is taken um so just be yourself i really do say that and it's a battle sometimes because we all try to fit in and see something doing really good and they're knocking it out but actually people want you. And if you didn't win that business or that engagement with somebody, it's not right for you. It's not right for them. That's, that's fine. We're all, we're all different. 7 billion people on this planet. So just be yourself um, and start. And this goes back to vulnerability to, you know, Brené Brown talks about, you know, that sense of courageous leadership about 
you know, stepping into the arena, you know, be that leader, manager, whoever it is that's willing to get out of your seat and step into the arena with the full knowledge that you may not have success, the full knowledge you may fail, full knowledge you, you may and get success but it doesn't matter you're willing to step into the arena and give it a go and I, I always encourage people to do that so I'm doing it all the time um, and so I, I would say and I, I tell my kids I've got four daughters and I always say just have a go my daughter's in Canada doing a she's trained to be a nurse and now she's just just going for things you know she's 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 a, a, a not a citizen she's um my head's just gone She's uh, got residency there now, so yes, she, yes, pers- she yes. pursued all that. So she just went for it. I just encouraged her to do it. And what would I, what do I drop? Oh, just don't get worried about what people think of you. Um, yeah, just yeah, like you said, be your authentic self and don't live, don't um, measure yourself to somebody else's yeah. expectations or achievements. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words you'd like to share? Um, a thing I always thought for many years really is, is just be comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, get used to being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's one day it's exhilarating. People think it's not, but it's exhilarating. It is. Yeah. Especially nowadays we have to, we have, if we're not comfortable with being uncomfortable yet, I mean, you had a full year of practice. So embrace it for 2021. Absolutely. Take what we've learned through 2020, embrace it and apply it towards your, your future self and purpose in mm. 2021. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you. That brings us to the end of our show. So thank you so much for spending an hour with us today and sharing your wisdom. And um, it's aligned with the messages that I give to people all the time. And so it's really encouraging to hear somebody else have the same beliefs um, and an approach to uh, self-improvement, joy, compassion, happiness, overall happiness, right? So thank you so much for being on the show, Julian. Well, well, thank you for having me. And just to say that I've had a a great experience and I love your style. And it's just that conversation, natural conversation. And that's, I I like those podcasts where it's just, just, we're just chatting and we didn't entirely know where we were going to go, where we we ended up somewhere different, which is great. Yeah, you're absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I truly appreciate it. So everyone, that is our show for today. I also want to let you know about my campaign through ATB Build Her Business. It's called Leading with the Heart, Ignite Your Inner Purpose. It is focused to help emerging leaders really understand what their purpose is, ignite that fire within so that they have the intrinsic motivation to go after it and and fulfill it. So if you'd like to learn more about my campaign and some of the products and services that I'm offering through it, please click on the campaign link in the show notes. I'll also be sure to put all of Julian's contact information there as well. So thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to tackling the next issue with you.